Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David Medeiros, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. In our last episode, we had a great discussion with Sam about batteries, David. Yeah, battery and battery chemistry. We, we talked about that, and I think the general consensus is we probably needed to follow that up with some additional discussion in battery-related, which is going to be the charge controller. Right, yeah. And let's kind of walk through and do similar to what we did with batteries. Let's, yeah, okay. let's talk about some of the different charge controllers and pros and cons of them, the ones that we see on a regular basis. But first off, let's just talk about probably the, the big picture on it. Is there a difference between a charge controller for wind and solar? Sure. They're totally two different things. Not to say that you can't have a hybrid that can do both, but they are two different things. And why? If all that's coming out of them is... Varying degrees of voltage of electricity. Well, that's that's it, is the varying degrees of voltage. Most solar controllers are only capable of seeing they have parameters. So in their parameters, it's already been designated in their programming. They're saying at 18 volts, they're going to give 2.3 amps. You know, So if they're getting 18 volts from a solar panel, and we're talking about a 12-volt battery, right. they're going to give 2.3 amps into that battery. It's already programmed. Whereas a wind turbine at 18 volts may be giving 10 amps, you know, depending on the battery chemistry. Or you may have a wind turbine that spins up to 40 volts, but it's only trying to give 3 amps. You know what I mean? So it can be very, very different in the way a wind turbine will give energy to a battery bank. And a lot of times it has to do with the battery chemistry of the, you know, in the makeup of the battery itself. And then, so a, a solar controller does not read that at all. It, it only has a certain amount of parameters that it understands. And unless that falls exactly in there, not to say it couldn't happen once in a great while, but for the most part, it's never going to happen. I okay. Mean, is what I'm hearing you say is that the sun never shines any brighter. That's right. It's going to be. It, but it's the gonna, wind can blow right. up. And, that, well, it's not just so much that the sun's not going to shine brighter because, yeah, you have an overcast day that's got still... Well, but it's never going to go above. Never going to go above. And the, here's the deal. It's already... The panel itself is designed that it's never going to go above or below. It's got... Remember, we talked about in past episodes, the VOC in the... you know. So it's got the highest voltage... It knows exactly by flash test exactly right. and that's the what highest. I'm saying. It can't ever go right. above and then that. Exactly. You know, no matter what the sun's doing... The panel itself just can't do that. I mean, it's got its high and low parameters. And so there again, in that, those controllers have already already, already designed for that. They know a range of a couple amps and they know a range of a couple volts, but they don't understand that huge change. You know, they don't understand that all of a sudden, holy cow, there's 90 volts coming from a turbine and I'm supposed to be a 12-volt controller. You know, I can tell you the what you're going to the result is going to be total failure. I mean, it's going to just totally fail. No matter how good the controller is, I don't care. It can be our Midnight Classic that if you don't have it set up properly, it would still fail. I mean, at, at certain points, it would still fail. So, All right, so you gave me a quiz earlier. Yeah, yeah. 
And I didn't fail it. You didn't fail it. <laughs> I may have not you turned aced the, it. You turned the, you, you turn the answer on back on to me. So, <laughs> so let's talk about that. So the quiz I gave to Wes and, and what people would to give the premise here, and people always say, you know, well, the wind turbine is producing 90 volts. How many volts is it given to my battery bank through your just basic bulk controller? You know, something like our Easy Dig controller. And the answer is it's given 90 volts. It doesn't regulate the voltage at all. I mean, it is a direct bulk controller. So as many volts as that thing is producing, it's hitting that battery bank with it. Now, flooded lead acid batteries doesn't care. There again, remember what I talked about? That was one of their pros was they were highly adaptable. So they can take big high voltage in. They can drink from the fire hydrant. They can drink from the fire hydrant. It's just you may have to replenish that water and you know, maybe you're going to burn a little bit of that, you know, water out of them or that acid, you know, and so that, you got to replenish that it. that much voltage coming in is going to create heat. going to create heat because it's, what's going to happen is it's going to hit the battery and hit resistance. You know, that's kind of where your amperage is going to be. So it'll go in at 90 volts, you know, maybe just five or six amps at that, but it's still voltage times amperage. You're still sending a ton of energy and it can only absorb so much energy at a time without creating heat. You know, and that's what it's doing. So that's what a bolt controller is doing for you. I mean, it, it is only, and so like on our bolt controllers with wind, that's why you're using them with a dump load or a diversion load. And so once it reads that battery level has got up to a certain height, very again. And that's what the charge controller right. is doing, right? We put the fire hose in the bucket and it, <laughs> I mean, it starts blowing over. Well, let's say we have a sensor on there that says shut the fire hose off. Well, the bucket's still not full because it blew most of it out as it was trying to fill it. I mean, anybody that's had a, you know, a <laughs> high-pressure hose in a bucket, you know, and so it blew it out. But what we did is the controller said, divert that energy over here. So basically, it, it's going to blow water over here into this other bucket, or it, you know, which could be another battery, could be a heating element, could be resistors. That's our main use is resistors, some sort of resistor. And so it diverts that energy over there. And there again, we've talked about this a little bit before. Let's say that you had 500 watts coming in, but that element was a 600-watt element. Well, it's also going to take 100 watts from that battery bank to feed that element because that element doesn't know. It doesn't have a brain. It just says, I need 600 watts, and wherever I'm going to get it from, I'm going to get it. So it's going to take the 500 watts the turbine was producing and then 100 and so basically what it does is let that battery start cooling back down, start bringing that battery down and cooling back down. And then after a certain time, it will divert back into the battery and it'll start the fire hose back into the bucket again, you know. And so that's how that bolt controller is working. I mean, it is literally just, it's diverting energy. Some people, we call it a bolt controller and that's what it is. It's giving all the energy that it's producing into that battery bank. But what it's also doing is is working as a diversion controller. So it, it's diverting it back and forth, back and forth between the battery dump load or diversion load. It's just going back and forth. But it's never throttling It's down. never, it doesn't have a governor on it. You know what I mean? Back in the old terms, it doesn't have anything to govern it down. So that's what a, a bulk controller is out and doing. That's what its main focus is for. And so a lot of people that are new into wind, that is the simplest controller that is up for the market. And it's a very effective controller. So I'm not playing this controller down. It's a very effective controller. It's just people, I hope, understand how I'm just trying to get people to understand how it is working. And that is probably one of the things that I like about it. It is one of our most mechanical. Yeah, very mechanical. Rather than 
computer right. circuit board. There, there is a brain on there. Small, very small, not real sophisticated electronic brain on it. More sophisticated than I am, but <laughs> but it's really it's, all it's doing is relaying voltage to an actual relay, and basically what it does is it energizes that relay and causes it to open up, and so it lets it. On a relay, if you've ever looked at a relay, all it has is a spring in there, and it's a magnet, it's an electromagnet. And once the electromagnet engages, it pops this plate up, and it lets the contacts then come in, in contact with each other across them. And then that's because the electromagnet's on. Once the energy is given away from it, the spring lets it go back down. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I am always a fan. I mean, I, I love technology. I, it's yeah. great. But if I can have a mechanical well yeah you know really and so like you know Wes you and I talked about in a couple episodes ago we were talking about you know being prepared if I was just being prepared and, and wanting to have a controller that I could be prepared with that's the controller there's no way I'm doing another controller it doesn't have enough electronics in it that you know it, even an EMP I don't think could phase one of these they're just simple enough yet effective enough that you could always continue to make power so all right, well, let's talk about a step up from there. What else have we got? From so the there? next up is the PWM, Pulse Width Modulation. And basically what it's doing, it doesn't have a governor on it, so to speak. It's still letting that same amount of voltage from the panel. Not very many in the wind industry in PWM, by the way. Okay, so so very limited number of PWM controllers in an actual wind controller, typically your bulk or your MPPT in wind. But on the solar side, you're in PWM. But it still doesn't have a governor, but it knows how to pump the brakes. It's got an analog brake system on it, so it's just pumping the brakes all the time. So basically what it's doing is just instead of having the fire hose full open, it's sitting there with somebody with the handle and, and just as fast as they can, you know. And so with that, you can get that bucket a little fuller, you know, without it blowing just over or the top. keep it from emptying as right, fast, right? right? Or keep it from emptying as fast. And and the big differences we're talking here, too, there's a big price difference, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. Bulk controllers are by far the cheapest. You know, same amperage, let's just say, like my bulk controller, it can do 100 amp, you know, on the solar side. So let's say, say I have to go buy a 100 amp MPPT controller. You're talking mine for solar alone, about 75 bucks. If I was just using it in solar only. Now, if I go buy an MPP or a PWM, a PWM yeah. that can do that, you're talking about 500 bucks. So it's quite, you know, for the same amperage that I can get out of it, it's it's quite the, the difference. Now, not to say there's not a little 10 amp and 20 amp and 30 amp, you know. Which one is better for your battery? PWM's better. Okay. Because it, there again, it's it's pumping the brakes and and not not just letting that big full flood come into it. Basically, it's a little better. Are these? Also, decision based on the type of battery you're using to? Yeah, yeah. So if I was going to be using a PWM, I'm still going to be limited to two types of battery chemistry, and that would be flooded lead acid and then AGM. That's still where I'm in the In the bulk? In the bulk is the same two. Okay, you can so use the those same in the two. same two. In that environment, then moving up to a MPPT. Right. And an MPPT I have for wind and I have for solar. I can't do both at the same time. Right as of this moment, there is not a controller on the market that can do both wind and solar at the same time through the same controller. You can have two different controllers going to the same bank, MPPT for wind and MPPT for solar going to the same battery bank, and it's fine. They'll even talk to each other. They just can't. But they yeah, cannot go deal. through the same same deal. Now, on my bolt controller, that's where I did have my hybrid. 
I can do wind and solar through the same controller, like on our Sky 440. I can put in up to 100 amp of solar and up to 120 amps of wind into that same controller. So if I'm kind of just starting out, getting my feet wet, but I wanted to kind of get my feet wet in both wind and solar, that's the controller I'm going to put you in. So great controller. It just has a lot of capabilities. MPPT there again, though, it can do either or. It can do wind or solar so long as the controller has the capabilities. Remember when I talked about the reason the solar controller couldn't be used with wind? It's because the MPPT, the classic 150, 200, and 250 have a program that you can program them. You can program the wind curve into it. And so like us, we'll give you the wind curve of a 24-volt turbine. And we may say at 25 volts, you can tell that controller to put in one amp of electricity. And then you can say at 27 volts, give it 1.5 amps. And so at 16 points on the curve that you can program. And so long as it's running in that range, it's going to give energy to that deal. And a matter of fact, it'll give energy from the highest to the lowest end because now it understands the curve. It understands how it's supposed to do that in right. You know, so even if you go over that number, say you get to the 90 volts, it still knows by the curve where I should still be, how many amps I should still be producing, you know, and the MPPT. So it's got the pump, the brake feature and the governor feature on it is what it's got. So instead of the fire hose, just blowing all the water in it, it says, okay, I'm 80% full. And all of a sudden the guy grabs the valve and he pulls it back and it's like coming out of a regular water hose. And now it's filling on up to the top and he says, okay, and he grabs the end, and it's just like on your gas pump, and you let off, and you start just trickling in that gas. That's exactly what an MPPT is doing. It's going to fill that bucket to the very tip top. I mean, it's and going keep to, it there, and right? keep it there as best it can, as best it can. And it's going to MPPT, like in our past episodes, I've said it before. It's called maximum power point tracking. That's what MPPT stands for. And so, what it's doing is looking at whatever being it is a wind turbine or solar. It's looking to maximize the efficiency into the battery bank from the energy that it's getting. So if it needs all the energy that it can in bulk state, basically, I mean, it'll, it'll switch to bulk. It'll, yeah. it'll give it all the energy it can. It'll just flood those batteries with everything it's got. But then it knows to, hey, I need to back that energy off a little bit. I'm starting to get pretty full here. I'm going to back that energy off. And so basically what it does is it, it takes that energy from those panels and it starts, it is the one that actually can change how much voltage it's allowing into the batteries and how many amperes is it. So, so does, it, does it still have to dump? Does it still? It doesn't have to dump. The only thing on a wind turbine you have to do is you have to put in a VRD device that's used to reduce voltage. And so like on ours, we have a, a VRD. And so basically all we're doing, it goes in line before the controller so once this controller sees the wind turbine's coming in, and let's just say it's a big hard wind, 50 mile an hour plus, and you've got a 150 classic, and it says, uh-oh, it's getting ready to ramp up. You know, the wind just surged, gusted to 60. It produced 150 volt or 160 volts. What happens is it runs through that VRD first, and there's a set of resistors in there that start putting, basically, yeah, they start cooking it off and start putting more resistance on the turbine to actually slow that turbine down. And then it feeds over just 140 volts in the controller, which allows that controller never to fail. I mean, it causes the, the non-failure of the controller. Because even as good as they are, if you overvolt a controller classic, 
it will cause failure in them as well. No matter what controller it is, the bulk controller is really the only one that you really can't overvolt. So that is the biggest pro with it. I mean, if I'm new and kind of getting my feet wet in this deal and it doesn't really matter, I could be totally versed in this deal. It's still going to be the most versatile controller out there right now on the market. Not to say it's the absolute best for your battery bank, but it's the most versatile controller on the market. All right. What else do we need to... That's Any about, other I mean, controllers out there we need to talk about? No, that's your only three controllers right now. You know, there again, I would just really recommend that hybrid controller if I was getting into wind and solar. I mean, that's that Sky 440. Our three pals actually got the braking system on it. And then we have a dual three pal, which is made for our big turbines. So really easy to get into, really cost efficient. That's kind of how I'm pushing people right now. That's what I would like to see them in. If I'm in a big, nice battery bank... Now, we pressed into this whole deal coming into the batteries. The MPPT can be used in all makeup of batteries. Matter of fact, the Iron Edison battery we talked about in that last program, they will only allow you, you to use something like a, a classic MPPT if you're going to use wind. They won't warranty the battery if you do not. So the MPPT and lithium batteries, that is a must. You just can't go with anything else. So that's the deal with them that MPPT is uh, actual probably the most versatile when it comes to battery chemistries because it can do all battery chemistries right but it is limited to what it can do as far as the overall deal so all right well I think we've got a good wrap on that all right thank y'all for coming Dave thank you for being no here problem. no we'll, problem we'll keep bringing you more podcasts thanks a lot thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today if you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's doggy chicken treats coming. Thanks again.